0: This podcast brought to you by Earthlink.
1: Hi, I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. We're here with an extra special producer today, Jason, who has pushed the button. Actually, this is Veronica. I have a cold.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Veronica's taller and has a deeper voice.
1: (laughs) Veronica got a day off after our holiday help desk marathon. And guess who didn't? Us. And Jason. And Jason! (laughs) And Jason!
0: Yeah, you know, I actually had it a few days before the Uh, holiday outdash.
1: So, oh, you took your comp day in advance.
0: Exactly. I see. You can take a comp day,
1: though. Oh, thanks, boss. Take two. You could take one, too. Hey, thanks, Molly. (laughs) Not the boss. Hey, so um, there are flaws found in Real Networks Media Player, and they're not the normal flaws where you just hate it.
0: Rant on, Molly. Rant (laughs) on. (laughs) Let's, Let's open it up with the
1: rage. All right, let's start with the news, which is that two flaws in the Real Player could allow attackers to commandeer windows computers running the software which leads nicely into my rant which is no one should ever be running the software i cannot stand real player no one should ever run real player yes that is my considered professional opinion and if i come to a website where i can only play a video or audio file in real i move on
0: i i know i may have mentioned this on the podcast before but i remember when real was the good guy way way back like 1996 when they were, like, you know, they were the ones bringing you audio over the web. It was great, and then Windows tried to get in the game with their evil media player. Go real, go real. And then uh, the turning point for me yeah. was when the installation started to hide the ability to change file associations. Right. And so well, it would just automatically change all your file associations to real whether you wanted to or not and yep. it just got worse from there.
1: I wrote a whole story one time about real calling them parasiteware because of that installation procedure and they the sneakiest thing that they would do was that they would present you if you did the custom install they would present you with a screen that appeared to have all the options that you wanted to change and they were of course all pre-checked. So whatever. And then you'd go uncheck them. But what you didn't realize, and most people didn't realize, then it was a pain to uncheck them. But if you scrolled down in that little dialogue, there was a little baby scroll uh, thingy scroll bar. If you scrolled down, you would find all the exact same options there, hidden and pre-checked. So even if you unchecked them during installation, they would still be installed. It was unbelievable and this was before Real One, the next version of Real Player. So then Real called me up and they were furious and they told me Real One's going to be way better and we've really listened to our users and blah blah blah. blah. But you know what? I have two words for Real. Message center. I don't <laughs> that, care that how many times you think you've turned yeah. that thing off.
0: It is a it is it is a reason alone right there to never install Real One. Because right. six
1: months later, after you installed it, and you maybe even think you uninstalled the bugger, like, oh, oh I have message now. Gary Lewis is having a concert? Yeah, my husband got one of these recently, crashed his computer. Like, just popped up out of nowhere, middle of nowhere. And I was like, why do you even have real installed, you fool? And he probably hadn't had it installed for months. Probably. You know? You don't see real. I will say, I think people are starting to catch on, including just companies and content providers, because you rarely come to a side anymore that even uses real much less uses them exclusively
0: back to the news at hand though 60 days after ei notified real about the vulnerability they still didn't have a patch
1: nice 60 days nice
0: so (laughs) yeah you know what folks just it's sort of like don't open
1: attachments what it's been two weeks they have 60 days it says oh, that they, okay. Oh, I, I misread. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They're not. So that bad So they don't yet. regard it as bad until it's until sixty, 60 days. days. So yes. they
0: still have time, according to EI, to fix it. My so at apologies. This point, there.
1: Yes. At this point, it sounds like they told Real about the flaws on about one of them on November sixteenth and the second on November thirtieth, which is only like a couple days ago.
0: EI so. said it has also found flaws in iTunes and QuickTime. Yeah, I've heard about those too. So. Those were reported to Apple on November 17th. So just for equal time.
1: Yeah, but they don't have um, message centers. So. There's
0: other issues with real. <laughs> though. Just
1: don't install that software. <laughs> just don't do it. Uh, patent news today. Yeah, you're fired up about this one. Uh, you know, pretty fired up about patent stuff in general. It's just really out of hand, and I think it's become a business tactic, which I just find kind of yucky.
0: So the Supreme Court is actually getting involved and going to hear the eBay patent case. Can you explain the eBay case?
1: Yeah, well, basically... Um, uh, Some of eBay's technological processes, as so often happens, were patented by another company, Merck Exchange, LLC. And um, the court, the appeals court had reversed a decision, which was like an... So anyway, a jury had awarded Wolston $35 million. They said that eBay eBay did indeed violate some of these patents, um, but they also wanted basically to stop eBay. (laughs) There was an injunction against eBay continuing to use this technology, which... um, uh, A U.S. district court declined to issue the injunction and appeals court reversed that decision and was going to. And then I think pending the thing to the Supreme Court. Anyway, eBay doesn't have to shut down right now, but depending on what the Supreme Court says, they might have to.
0: Well, eBay says they're extremely gla- gratified that the Supreme Court is agreeing to take the case, yeah. so it sounds yeah, yeah. like they're they're optimistic about it. And what's interesting is the Supreme Court has, in their announcement, that they will broadly look at the case regarding permanent injunctions in patent cases, Right. which is actually a good which thing. Which is really good news for could, everyone. Could be a good thing, depending on how they rule, obviously. But they're not just going to focus narrowly on the eBay case in particular. They're going to make a broader judgment.
1: Yes. And I should clarify that eBay won't have to shut down. The patent in question is the buy it now feature.
0: Oh that's the, where you get to
1: where you can buy it now and, at a certain price. You know, and
0: this is the ridiculous thing. The ability to say um, <laughs> yes I would like to buy that now at a certain price instead of waiting for the auction to end.
1: Yeah I just it Doesn't can't. seem
0: patentable to me.
1: <laughs> well that's the thing. It's like you can patent anything. Um the use of the particular color green in the left-hand navigation, as seen on CNET, has been patented yeah. by blah, blah, blah company LLC. And, like, it just feels to me like half these companies aren't even real companies. I'm going There's some dude who incorporated so that he could file 50 million patents and make his money suing people. Gross.
0: I'm going to patent a rising tone and volume of voice when being angry about something. <laughs> and then I'm going to charge you a million dollars.
1: Ooh, I'm going to go bankrupt. <laughs> Speaking of patent news, RIM maker of the blackberry finally gets a little good news these are all your favorite stories today i know i'm very interested in this patent thing i was actually on cnbc recently talking about this ah that's right that's That's why i'm kind of you're all into it yeah that's why that's why i did the research as opposed to usually when i just don't (laughs) um uh, this is kind of interesting though because the u.s patent so rim is being sued for patent infringement but the trademark office has basically said well we're taking another look at these patents that Rim is being sued over because they might not actually be legit at all, and we might reject them. Which I don't know. Has that ever even freaking happened? Uh, it doesn't seem like it. No. And we're
0: talking about the Blackberries here. I don't yes. know. Did we say BlackBerry? For I don't people know. who don't know what Rim is, they they're the Blackberry. They people. make Blackberry. Yeah. So this
1: is the one. Like, are you going to make my crackberry go away? Yeah, that's this case. Um. So what was I talking about? You oh, were yeah. saying that they they might say <laughs> that the
0: patents were illegitimate.
1: Right. Yes. And the judge, meanwhile, was going to allow the case to go forward, though, even though they anyway. The patent office did indeed reject one of the patents. Oh, it's just that they bronze that order. (laughs) I mean, I hope so. I can't believe that actually happened. So that finally is a a win for Rim, which it hasn't really had many in this in this case so far. Because Rim
0: doesn't rhyme with win, but it's close.
1: (laughs) But it's close. It's an what is it? An incomplete rhyme.
0: Uh, Yeah, a good tail onto this is the fact that uh, Washington DC's Brookings Institution is going to be hosting a panel. On software and law on December 7th, a day that hopefully will not live in infamy for patent reasons. <laughs> uh, this is uh, according to Boing Boing. Uh, they're going to have some good people here on both sides of the issue. This is what I love about this. They're getting the two best advocates against software patents Richard Stallman of the Free Software Foundation and Brian Cahan, I think I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. of the Ford School at the University of Michigan. And there'll be two of the best advocates. For software patents. Ken Dam, who sired many a software patent at IBM, and Emery Simon of the Business Software Alliance, and one of the key players in passing the DMCA. Uh, interesting. So these are heavyweights on both sides, yep. and they're going to study the issue of, of software of pa- patent reform. Uh, yeah. And
1: apparently there is a, a Patent Reform Act of 2005 that has been at least penned, yeah, if not gone to any committee in Congress.
0: So this, this will be interesting to follow. Boing Boing's calling it a cage match. <laughs> patent reform cage match because you know when you're writing about patents you gotta spice it up a little
1: right bit. exactly well it seems clear to me that patent reform yeah you wouldn't need to spice it up if you were a Blackberry person your Blackberry got turned off over some dumb patent oh, case oh no that's
0: spicy enough on it's own
1: no Crackberry angry people roaming the streets
0: speaking of the DMCA and and weird copyright rulings and whatnot uh, the band Stedman has gone and started their by golly their own website where you can just get all of their music for free All the time in MP3, non-DRM'd. What they're doing is saying, take it all, enjoy it if you like it, Donate. Give us some They're money. actually kind of taking the public radio model here. Right, right. If you donate $7, you get a small goodie bag. Donate $15, bucks, you get a medium goodie bag. <laughs> $25, bucks, get you this t-shirt. While stocks last. Goodie bag. So they, this this model- is so
1: NPR. I love it. It is.
0: The, this model a has been uh, successfully operated by Leo Laporte in his Twit podcast. Mm. He's actually paid for a whole makeover of his audio equipment. Because he has a hundred
1: bajillion listeners.
0: And, they, and what he does is he just says, if you like the podcast, subscribe. Pay me through PayPal. Right. You don't have to. Yeah. But if you do, help us out. So, so really, this will
1: only work for Stedman if, like Leo Laporte, they manage to get 100 bajillion listeners. Yeah. I don't know how popular this band is. I have heard of them. Oh. And I will download their stuff yeah. and listen to them. That's it. a start. I'd heard of them before this, so. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Um, that leads us into actually something that we- <laughs>
0: A band you have heard of. <laughs> We're
1: talking about earlier. Uh, a woman, this is actually trademark law, not patent law, but somewhat- somewhat applicable to the current conversation, which is that a woman named Sam Buck started a coffee shop called We're gonna bring
0: that in here. Sam Bucks Coffee. That's a a good idea. Sam Bucks. Uh And um
1: Her name is Sam Buck. I know. (laughs) Her name's not Sam Buck with no space in it.
0: No, but
1: anyway, she called it Sam Buck's Coffee. And she had a little round logo with a thing curved over the top and Starbucks sued her. But what is shocking Starbucks sued
0: her and won that's that Starbucks won. She can't call her own coffee shop Sam Bucks, right. even though her name is Sam Buck.
1: But what I wonder is, could she call it Sam Bucks with a space?
0: That's a good question. I think probably I, it has nothing to do with the design of the logo. It has to do with the fact that she can't call it that at all. Maybe. Is my impression of what maybe. it was.
1: I think probably the design of the logo is part of it. Yeah,
0: and I know what you're saying. If you look on the Boing Boing post, there the logo looks reminiscent of Starbucks. Yeah, the
1: font is similar. And it's the, a round design. And she's definitely
0: playing on it, but it's you couldn't confuse it. You wouldn't look at it and mistakenly walk in thinking you were going to a Starbucks.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a legal problem with the fact that Starbucks won, which is no, you're not going to easily confuse this with Starbucks. I don't think. But then people are easily confused. And this is clearly, in my mind at least, very clearly a play on Starbucks. And in my mind, it's
0: just Almost an homage. I don't think it's even a play on it. I don't think. It's yeah, but you know
1: there. what? Why are you going
0: to go mess around with Starbucks? Why? Why should you have to fear them? <laughs> why can't I? Why can't I? Well, because you know, mess- as many parody is a great fo- form of. It's of-
1: not parody. It's not parody. It's a competitive business. It's doing the exact same thing that Starbucks is doing with a logo that plays off their name. With and her name is not Sam Buck with no space.
0: Yeah, but and that's where the legal argument gets in there, which is if it could be confused for the other thing and she yeah. was stealing their business, then there's a legal grounds for that. But otherwise, why not? In you know, a, you it's know it's what? It's a good idea.
1: In our PC opinion, Magazine calls it Security Watch, Their their column. Yeah, but they have not trademarked that. And neither have we. Starbucks has trademarked their logo and their name. And trademark law says that you can't do something that will easily confuse people.
0: Right, but, and and that's where we should we should actually find out what the act, what the ruling is, because I don't think that's where she lost. They didn't say, you need to redesign your logo so it's less confusing. I think she lost. Well, she just they, lost. They said that she willfully infringed
1: on Starbucks trademark.
0: And they prevented her from calling her place Sandbox, as, as I understand it.
1: Oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we need to read the rest of the story, but I think what they said is what you did with your Sandbox name and your Sandbox logo is too similar. And in fact, if you click through to the San Francisco Chronicle story, it says... It is too similar to Starbucks. But it's not similar enough in my opinion. And you yeah, should be able to, do what, be able to opinion, do what you want. And in my opinion, in my opinion, it's similar. You should be able to do what you want. As long okay. as you don't hurt as long
0: as you don't hurt anybody else, you should be able to do what you want. <laughs> and yeah. that would
1: be super if our country worked that way and it totally doesn't. Well, and that's that, the point about the, the whole That's it's supposed to work. That's the point about the entire discussion about patent law and trademark law is that some company can come along at any point exactly. and tell you that you can't do what you want.
0: I'm glad we agree.
1: <laughs> Me too?
0: Speaking of, Polly's uh, <laughs> well, right. Speaking of, uh, first, the first RIAA lawsuit, speaking of lawsuits, is headed to trial. Uh, this is the woman, Patricia Santangelo, a divorced mother of five living in New York in uh, Wappingers Falls. I didn't want to try to say that. But, uh, but I couldn't help she it. She found herself the target of an RIAA lawsuit and said, no, I'm not going to settle out of court like everyone else Which has. Awesome. You've got to take me to court. You have to prove that I did something wrong. Yep. Because she claims she knows nothing about downloading music online and that the culprit is probably not even her own children, but a friend's child who used the computer. Yeah. So this this one will be interesting to see if the RAA can really win a court case. It's also always interesting when you go to court to see if any ramifications come out from the side. If, if anything else comes up right. that either hinders or advances the cause of of the RIA. Well, and
1: this is, yeah, this is interesting because people have been kind of just waiting for, I've heard a lot of fair use advocates say, we're just waiting for that one case because they have come in and used the DMCA like a club and said, we're going to sue you and most people are too scared or too poor and I'm not even saying they're poor. Who can afford hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal fees to fight the pretty much bottomless pit that is of the RAA, who's funding its own lawsuit campaign with its own lawsuits? Speaking of how it works, yeah. Speaking of how it works. But a lot of people have said, man, we're just waiting for the day when somebody has either the guts or the cash to say, oh, hell no. Yeah. You're not going to sue me. I You're not going to take $3,000 of my money when you can't prove that I did this.
0: I don't know if she has the cash, but she definitely has the guts. Yeah. So more power to her. Start I hope. a
1: PayPal tip jar, lady, because you're going to need it. <laughs>
0: Maybe you should start giving away MP3s. W- yeah. Uh, we got, uh, oh, the Grateful Dead story here. Yeah, real quick, uh, before real the quick, break. Uh, speak, uh, still on the music tip. As the kids say, uh, Grateful Dead has reversed their decision. We hadn't talked about it actually on the podcast yet. There's been a lot of talk on our forums about it, about them trying to prevent people from uh, archiving and distributing their recordings of Grateful Dead concerts. And what makes this particularly interesting is the Grateful Dead have a history of allowing their fans to tape concerts and trade bootleg tapes right. of them much so like when
1: metallica it, used to have that history when
0: it comes to the internet the grateful dead was like oh no 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 mm-hmm. uh, they've much backtracked, like metallica was like oh no 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 they've backtracked part way they've said that if if a fan made his own recording they could trade it on the internet they're not going to try to stop it anymore <laughs> right. um, and, and if it's hosted at the internet archive which was the big issue here then that's fine but if it's a Recording that the Grateful Dead made out of their own soundboard, then it's considered the legal property of the Grateful Dead, and no one can trade it without their permission. Yeah, what? This is really trying to play both sides of it. Uh, you either you either own the copyright or you don't.
1: Right, exactly. You
0: know, you either own you the can't trademark. Can't say or you like don't. you can
1: trade the crappy stuff, but not the good stuff. I mean, that you know, you can <laughs> infringe copyright as long as it doesn't sound that good. It's sort of brilliant in a way. I guess but it doesn't, it doesn't obviously it really, a lawyer thought of it and not the Grateful Dead themselves I it mean, really straddles
0: on. the fence of, of it, it, you're not taking a, a defensible position I feel like yeah because if you're allowing people to do it on the one hand a judge could say well you're you're allowing it right here why aren't you allow, you know it has to be one way or the other
1: yeah it, I don't know the
0: quality of the recording shouldn't matter but
1: it totally harshed my buzz <laughs>
0: <laughs> it harshed our buzz.
1: <laughs> I bet you didn't even realize that. Yeah, so buzz off, Grateful Dead. So uh-huh. uh,
0: has Adam Curry been cheating? Are spyware makers asking for special treatment? It's all coming up in a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you.
1: I love this Adam Curry story. <laughs> this, I love uh, it. I saw this it's so on crazy. email.
0: First thing this morning, JT sent us an email, and uh, it was one of the first I read. Adam Curry, in JT's words, appears to have been caught anonymously editing the podcasting entry on Wikipedia to remove credit from other people and inflate his role in its creation. Yeah,
1: that's what the story says <laughs> on, that... wor- on Workbench. Uh, yeah. And apparently they I don't want to believe it. He has been found out because he uh, your your IP address is recorded whenever you log into Wikipedia and make a change to keep people from just kind of abusing it or you know putting in crazy plagiarism or whatever. And so they made a record of some changes. In one case, um, Stephen Downs was credited with distributing mp3 audio files over RSS. and then a change from Curry's address <laughs> removed that sentence. And then on the same day, the uh, another sentence. Podcasting was developed, according to Adam Curry, in August 2004, was edited to say, "Podcasting was developed thanks to Adam Curry's original iPoder or script and the success it fostered since August 2004."
0: <laughs> now, what I, you know? What's really interesting here is that Love I it. definitely remember hearing about podcasting before August 2004, and mm-hmm. and so
1: what? Yeah,
0: uh-huh. I because I, I worked, I was still working at Tech TV when I heard about it.
1: I don't know, I'm and not that, that ended
0: hip. in July 2004. I will choose to so believe you. So something was going on,
1: yeah. Whether it was the discussion of possibly doing it, yeah. I mean, I think it existed before that. I think yeah. people don't really dispute that iPodder and the the distribution script did help propagate it more. Absolutely, it did. But and and Wikipedia is editable, so that you can you know correct what you think is the record or is not the record but i guess that brings up the inherent problem with wikipedia which is (laughs) yikes adam curry thinks he's the king of the podcasting hey
0: you know it's good marketing
1: i will say this i saw him at the portable media expo and the man still feathers hey so (laughs) his judgment is already suspect
0: whatever works for you
1: (laughs) the hair it is large and the ego it is larger spyware makers want
0: some entitlement this is a uh, posting I saw You've on... you pushed
1: st- us around long enough. <laughs>
0: Slashdot. Federal <laughs> law. Uh, let's see. Reading from the Slashdot post. Computer security researchers Professor Edward Felton and Alex Halderman have asked the U.S. Copyright Office for an exemption Halderman. to the DMCA. Where have I heard that name before? Uh, so that they can circumvent copy protection technology used to protect spyware. Now, this is stemming from some earlier incidents where people were protecting against spyware and then the spyware makers were threatening to sue for... Uh, copyright infringement because right. of the reverse engineering it takes to get around spyware. So this is the right thing to do. Actually, spyware makers are saying, hey, you know what? This is a legitimate circumvention of copyright and we need an exemption to the DMCA, which is what the DMCA provides for. It provides for periodic review to mm-hmm. see if exemption should be issued. Right. So this is a good test to see if that process could even actually work.
1: Mm, true. Okay, we'll see. There's apparently also some connection with the Sony DRM Rootkit, but uh, we don't have time to get into it oh. right now. Okay. It, it primarily just says that Felton and Halderman were apparently aware of the dangers posed uh, by the Rootkit, possibly they because public- they are themselves spyware makers, but they delayed publication because they didn't want to get prosecuted. I, they are not spy spyware makers. And that's what I don't understand. Or uh, no, they're. I'm sorry, they're researchers. Yeah. So they, they <laughs> didn't want to, sorry. They, um, Yes. They, they delayed knew it publica- was dangerous. They delayed publication because they, but because presumably by having found out that it was dangerous, they would have themselves violated the DMCA.
0: They were afraid they would violate the Right. I don't know. That sounds like excuse making. I don't know. Yeah, it's messy. A uh, cool little gadget that uh, Boing Boing posted about from Neuros is about, I don't know, the size of my thumb. I have a big thumb, but you know, it's small. Uh, and <laughs> it's it, monster. It converts any video. It's like Uma in, Thurman in that one movie. <laughs> it's not that big. <laughs> it converts any video into MPEG-4. Uh, from any input, so you you input any video into this box and it spits out MPEG four. You can put it on a flash media card, or you can output it to your laptop, hmm. uh, and you can transfer it to a PSP, iPod, laptop, phone. So it's it's a, a nifty little device. Yeah, that's pretty. cool I, I think cool. it's pretty cool looking.
1: We'll see where that goes. Bits fast, 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 fast. Fox exec says that the uh, like Blu-ray, I guess, has the edge.
0: Uh, that's not the, uh, the story that came up here. that's not the link here. you sent me. Yeah, but the story that came up is actually more interesting. I Fox know. exec says the company is open to an iTunes deal.
1: And they think Blu-ray's going to win. Crazy.
0: No. <laughs> uh, yeah. An earlier story said that <laughs> anyway, it Fox says like, has the edge. So it no. sounds
1: like they would consider selling some shows on iTunes, and I am telling you what, if the Simpsons shows up on the iTunes video store, I'm getting more than my pods. I'm booing it. The first quantum byte has
0: been created. Quantum computing has a lot of promise for really fast computing and storage, and uh, they have made quantum bits before, Uh, but the University of Innsbruck uh, entangled eight quantum particles, takes eight bits to make a byte, so we got our first quantum byte. Man, I just hope that the
1: good guys get the quantum computers built before the bad guys, because when you say they're going to be really fast, (laughs) that's like, it's going to be, yeah, yeah. They're going to be fast. They'll there's be, still a lot of issues. The first quantum computer potentially could be what crack every code currently in existence. Oh, yeah. Every absolutely. Encryption, encryption scheme.
0: There's also a power issue. Without
1: though. even blinking.
0: I mean, we, we're we're up to the point of creating one byte. Yes. Remember. And, oh, and, yeah. It's going it to be a while. it takes a whole research institute to create that. It'll bite. be like the so Cray
1: supercomputers th- where they're the size of rooms.
0: There's actually still some questioning of whether there w- they would be have enough power to get the speed out of them. Mm. So, that's... Without we we won't get into quantum physics. Yet. Okay. Uh, Good.
1: I don't want to.
0: Quick, quickly. PC makers said they were afraid that people might not buy computers on Black Friday, but apparently, people bought a lot of computers on they Black did. Friday. So,
1: whew. I think this is all Media Center.
0: Scare averted.
1: Um, apparently, we we got a uh, post in the forums about the our question our discussion yesterday about um ISP executives trying to throttle access to web pages who don't pay them more. Yes, M. Winship. Who said, um, yeah, he said, basically, as an employee of a backbone provider, I'm guessing this plan is not going to work. It just makes no sense to put needless artificial strain on routers to rate limit traffic to a provider just to hold them hostage.
0: Yeah, I, and that's what I bet, is these people are out there spouting in front of the press, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and all the engineers who work for them are going dude no, you need no, to stop talking yeah there's, there's I, no way we're gonna do i that. think
1: this is like more of an example they just don't get it or they're drunk on power they seem to think they have a lot more power over the internet than they really do
0: yeah they need some black coffee antidote for that drunkness
1: in in email blue and aaron suggest that if if, if sbc and bell south were to pull off something like this then sites should just put up pages that say the poor performance is the fault of sbc hey they're trying to extort money from us and that's why you can't see our website right now good idea Jason P.
0: wants to do some rumor mongering, uh, according to iLounge. And we're going to let him. The iPod Junior would be the big announcement at Macworld. And it would be a mix between the Nano and Video, sort of the iPod Mini of iPod Video. Interesting. Be like, a little bigger than Nano, a little smarter than Video, have a little more capacity, and be scratch-proof. <laughs> that would actually <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, right. But you know what, the I think... magical,
1: magical iPod. I don't think this is going to be the, the thing. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I was rude and did not thank Noah as well as other emailers who wrote to me to say that, indeed, if I type a URL in my Firefox URL bar, then I could just hit Alt-Enter, and then it opens it in a new tab, which I could have sworn I tried that, but apparently not, because then I tried it after I got Noah's email, and it totally works, and my life is saved. Go NC State. Thank you, Noah.
0: Uh, Adam in Chicago wrote in and said there's an article about Nissan announcing a self-healing paint. Maybe iPod could use it for the Nano. (laughs) haha maybe that'll go on the ipod junior
1: haha great email from uh, djk simon which we will post in the forum and a a hilarious drm nightmare involving a sweater i urge you all to go and read it
0: yeah it's 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 a really good analogy of drm using a sweater in the place of an mp yeah very funny
1: take it from there and finally our real quick frapper shout out harv in beijing says that almost all podcasts including buzz out loud are blocked in china harv how are you listening? And are you going to get arrested? So either Harv's lying about being in Beijing. Oh, he is not. Or
0: he's a secret operative.
1: We're contraband. Yeah. Be careful, Harv.
0: Be careful out there, Harv. <laughs> Five hundred eighty-three frapper people.
1: Woohoo! Woohoo! But Didn't if you're down. not on
0: there, get on there and post your little flag yeah. on the frapper map. F R A P P R dot com slash buzz out loud. Forums.cnet.com is the place for our message boards. You can email us, buzz at cnet.com, or give us a call, 1-800-616-NET. Thanks. Bye. Bye.